Hello, and welcome to this episode of the Reset Podcast. I'm your host, Laura Mignot, CEO of the experience agency, D-Flash. Each episode, I bring in a different business leader who's doing some game-changing work. And I'm so excited to have Stephen Bates and Ishi Kirch, who are the co-founders of Mode, an incredible cannabis company. You know, the cannabis industry has so many levels and different aspects to it. So what these guys have been able to do is quite phenomenal. And I think it's going to be a fantastic conversation. Take a listen. Hey, guys. Hey, Laura. How you doing? Hi, Laura. Good, good. I'm silently jealous of you guys because you're by the beach. And I'm in a highs rounds. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so even though, you know, we're uh, several months into this crazy thing called the pandemic, uh, the podcast does not change. And the first question doesn't change. So you guys can pick. But uh, it's the same question for you both. What was your first job? Uh, my first job first official under-the-table job, or, or non-under-the-table job, <laughs> was a barbecue restaurant called American Barbecue in Pennsylvania. Uh, I started as a dishwasher and then eventually became a sous chef. So not the most exciting start. Um, and eventually later in my life, I, I got into design for college. Yeah, and for me, it was, uh, I actually was in business school uh, on the East Coast and met Mark, our third co-founder. Um, and we started our first venture uh, right out of school. Um, so Mark's been a business partner of mine now for over 10 years, and we've built uh, many different tech projects um, and digital marketing companies uh, over that time. Um, so first first job would be with Mark, and you know, did some side projects while in school, but that would be the first job I started. Awesome. And, you know, it's it's always funny, like, the, the things that you sort of always mention as your first job always, you know, in some way, shape, or form correlate to the things that you do now in terms of things you will do, things you won't do, things you like, things you hate. And I can see that that's, that, that's true of you guys. So uh, why don't you kind of take us through, like, how did you guys get to be where you are right now? What's that journey been like? And, Stephen, do you want to go first? Uh, sure. Um how can I how can I shorten this? Uh, so I have been involved in arts, whether it be painting, drawing, uh, sculpting, since I was a kid. Uh, my mom was a fashion designer. She was always pushing us to to take additional art classes and and, and be involved in the artistic community. Uh, so from an early age, uh, I got into that. Then moved to uh, Pennsylvania uh, around the age of ten and got a completely different life experience um, from my, my early years in, in California and, and with art. But I, uh, I, I was always interested in art throughout high school and then uh, decided to major in industrial design at Savannah College of Art and Design. And um, right before, uh, towards the end of my high school years, I, I got into smoking. Um, I, started smoking cigarettes and then quickly moved into e-cigarettes uh, as a seemingly healthier alternative. Um, and I, I took it on as a hobby and uh, and that kind of led me to where I am now. I gained a lot of experience understanding how e-cigarettes work and understanding addiction. And uh, and so I, I took my, my design skills, my artistic skills, and my understanding of, of vaporization devices and applied that to, to this company. Yeah. Awesome. 
Um, how about you, Lizzie? Yeah, sure. So for, for me, I've, I've been a, as well uh, drawing and creating um, since I've been a kid. I've always been uh, excited and passionate about design and design thinking um, and using that to, you know, to help society in different ways. Um, that's kind of just how I work. And I'm always in the creative realm trying to see what a better world looks like and then how, how we can make that happen. Um, so as I mentioned, uh, writing out of college, well, I picked up on our first um, tech company with the third co-founder, Mark, and have been focused on, on designing uh, software products as well as hardware products. Um, prior to this, to Mode and this company, we were in Silicon Valley and I had built a IoT platform for commercial, commercial real estate. Um, and that taught us a lot about hardware and about um, IoT platforms and how the data that's collected really can um, create entirely new opportunities for consumers and enhance user experience. So we got pretty excited about that. Um, and then that led, personally, I had, a, I had an injury um, and a couple of surgeries. And what I discovered was using cannabis that certain strains were making the pain a lot worse. Um, and certain ones were helping me alleviate it. So as a technology designer and having built this IoT platform in the past, it really got me thinking about how do we create um, a tool where people can start consuming what they need to get the ideal outcome each time. And that led to the uh, epiphany of, about using vapor as a form factor and then building this dosing device for the universal part. Awesome. So yeah, I, I, you know, I read up and was fascinated by all, all of what you guys are doing. So could you give our audience like a, a, a little um, overview of how, how mode is different than anything else in the, mar in the marketplace? Sure. Uh, so on a high level, we are, uh, we're a technology company. So we're, we're focused on wellness products for personalized medicine. Um, and our forte is precision dosing. So what you're seeing mostly on the market is simplified batteries, uh, low-grade batteries especially, that may have some uh, additional features like manual voltage control. Uh, where our device differs from that is that we, uh, we have, uh, we're focused on, on precision dosing output from our device. So it adjusts automatically uh, with up to 18 different variables that go into an algorithm. Uh, so there are a few other uh, dosing uh, products on the market, but they really only deal with time. So they're a set timing, and mm -hmm. that the, the dosage that comes out of that set time can be 600% off because it's not adjusting over uh, or two different variables, uh, such as the for, with the person, the cartridge, and the environment. Uh, and to add to that, at a platform level, we're really trying to focus on uh, cannabis personalization. So to date, people are still in the experiment on your own uh, phase. And it's, it's very open-ended. What products will work for you? What doses you should take? When you should take it to achieve the ideal outcome? Uh, so we really thought about this as an IoT platform where we can provide this dosing device and mobile app to a consumer and then continuously improve on their experience by learning about uh, 
what they like and don't like, who they are as an individual, and which, which products are working for them best. From there, we can get into personalized recommendations where we can get tell a new consumer who hasn't tried cannabis before that you should try uh, this strain at this dosage to achieve this outcome. So that's really at a high level where we really are uh, differentiating or aiding ourselves. Um, a lot of the brands and products today is, is very open-ended um, and just getting started on focusing on dosage. And we're really pushing the limits of what personalized cannabis will look like and what the mainstream cannabis consumer will want. Yeah, that's, you know, that's the thing I, I was so intrigued by. Like, you know, I think there's all this really bad misconceptions around cannabis usage and what and what it means. But then on the flip side, there's this like boom in terms of products uh, and different things people can can now use and, and take. Where do you guys sit? Like, what, what do you find as to why you thought it was necessary to sort of take this intelligent design focus on on making mode? Yeah, sure. Um, so we we are where we see, we're seeing the market head too, and where we believe the mainstream, uh, you know, when cannabis will be called a mainstream product. To get uh, to get there, there needs to be control and there needs to be education. Those are the two missing pieces uh, that are, is holding it back from being suitable for the mainstream consumer, whether it's uh, a new person looking at it for medicinal purposes or for recreation and relaxation, or for health and wellness. Today, it's still too all over the place. So well, with that in mind, we, we looked at a different options for consumption, and we got excited about vapor. It's a very discreet uh, delivery mechanism, and it's very efficient. It allows for instant absorption into your bloodstream, and it allows for a high bioavailability, so you get almost a full amount of it. Um, and that means instant relief, and, it, uh, and you don't have to wait to, to get the effects. Um, because of that, vapor is becoming a very widespread form of consumption. People are liking it, they're using it a lot, and the, the form factor continues to grow as a percentage of the market. Um, so we saw vapor as a great you know, future-proof delivery mechanism, but we saw there's a missing piece with vapor, which is milligram dosing. Uh, nobody's thinking about it by the milligram, and you really have to because a one-second inhale versus a five-second inhale can mean the difference between you know, getting two to four milligrams into your system versus getting uh, 30 to 50 milligrams into your system. So the fact that vapor is such a widespread form factor and that there is no way to think about it or consume by the milligram was, was just obvious to us that you know, there's, there's a big opportunity here. Uh, to focus on vapor and provide a, a way for people to start thinking by the milligram and consuming by the milligram. Yeah, and, and to add to that, um, so I, I've mostly been a recreational user my whole life. Uh, I have used cannabis to deal with anxiety, to deal with a uh, number of, of um, you know, stressful situations, yet I've never been able to equate how much I'm using with a number. So it's, it becomes like almost unconscious consumption. So we've realized that, that there are many consumers that are in that mindset where they continue to consume large amounts. It may have a, a negative effect on their life. And by creating this product, it brings awareness to their consumption patterns and, and 
really it gives them more power over their habits. And I think that's that's actually an interesting segue because uh, to my next question, because I think there's been a ton of misconceptions around vaping because of you know because of products like Juul and all the things that happened, you know, and causing additional, you know, other lung issues, especially as we're now in the time of COVID. And everyone's worried about respiratory um, illnesses that could be exacerbated if you end up getting uh, COVID. Where do you, um, how do you guys differentiate? I, I know obviously the milligram is, is a big difference, but in the sea of all the things around vaping, how do you guys hope to sort of differentiate yourselves and stand up from the pack? Yeah, sure. Um, so we're, we're, uh, to the first important aspect is to separate each, uh, each factor here. So first there's nicotine, which is a separate market, which is, you know, providing a substance that, um, is universally acceptable, that not something that you should really be consuming and definitely not be consuming a lot of. Highly um, addictive. And is highly addictive with right, nicotine. Right. So that's, that's one, one, uh, uh, industry that we are not related to in any way. Um, from there, there's cannabis consumption via vapor. Uh, as of uh, in last year, Q4 of last year, there was the vape crisis, um, where there was a, a very uninformed. Uh, so some people started dying. Uh, 68 people died. 68 people 2, died. 2,800 and like 50 people were injured. Right. Uh, from consuming vapor. So the news got very excited and started, you know, putting out all this information concerning uh, vape and is it healthy or not. Within a few short months, it, the investigators figured out that it was all black market products and it was mm -hmm. directly related to vitamin E acetate, which is a way that these black market providers were diluting their THC oils. It looked the same, but was actually majority vitamin E. They were cutting their, their products so that they could make more profit. Right. Uh, oh, wow, that's what they were doing. Yeah, and they wow. weren't testing beforehand to see. If of it course was, not. So yeah. So and so there's no test results. They're diluting the product with something they haven't even tested. Uh, it's trash and selling it. The lungs and should be you know activated and heated, and a few uh, and these people start dying. So since then, it's all been it's all come out, and people in the industry and people related to the vapor industry know that you know know this as facts. The, the problem became that there was so much news and excitement around it that it's um, made the mainstream consumer be be more concerned. So there definitely should be concern around black market products. You should not be buying those. Um, they're not doing the test that should be done for something that you're ingesting or inhaling into your system. Yeah, it's going straight into your lungs, which is arguably the most important part of the organ in your body. Right. One of them. Um, and... People should not be consuming products that aren't uh, verified and validated to be, you know, certified to be tested and confirmed healthy for your system. Um, so that that was the problem with the vape crisis, and that's created a, a bit of uncertainty in the general market. But with, with when it, but then this, you know, in comparison to that, when you come to the legal cannabis market, uh, each cartridge is tested by a third party. There's full lab results that indicate exactly what the makeup of the concentrate is, what the cannabinoid profile, terpene profile, um, and anything else that would be in that oil. So it was just a black market problem. And to date, there has been zero reported deaths or injuries related to consuming clean, healthy vapor 
um, cannabis oil from legal cultivators. So what we're trying to do is help first educate the public about the separation uh, of uh, healthy cannabis cartridges in the legal market versus the black market and a separation from the nicotine market. And then we're trying to also bring in these test results so that consumers can start seeing it in the mobile app. When they buy a cartridge from a dispensary, they would scan or identify the cartridge they bought, and we would be able to pull in the lab results so that they can get that confirmation that they're consuming something that's healthy for them. Mm -hmm. That's so cool, and and but also so necessary. And, and thank you for putting that, giving that history. I think you know everything just sort of gets lumped together, like vaping is bad, and it's all vaping, and it's you know yes, nicotine and cannabis oil. And, uh, you know, everything moves so fast right now that I think oftentimes it just gets all jumbled together and folks don't get a chance to extrapolate. Actually, you know, isolated cases and, by the way, we're doing things the right way and not doing things on the black market. So we're, we're not about that. We're not about that universe. And so I think it's, it's so important to you know, kind of give that right clarity because there's so much misinformation, especially in the cannabis industry. Uh, yeah, yeah. Even, even with the the cart, you know, with a lot of the basic devices and the cartridges that you're seeing, even pods, uh, people are still consuming them at alarming rates, right? Because they have no awareness around how much they consume. So, of course, when you're using any, like, if you have too much sugar or too much salt, you see adverse health uh, effects, right? Like that you start to feel that in your body, and it equates to illness and disease. I think with anything. You know, uh, nicotine and cannabis, you're, you're going to see those kind of reactions when overusing. And are you guys working with any particular farms to grow the cannabis and then extract the oil? Or are you looking, you're working with best in class um, farms across the spectrum? Yeah, so we are. Uh, uh, so we, we're actually a technology company. So we make the device and that provides the experience for consumers. Uh, the, the choice on cartridge is up to the consumer. And of course, we guide them to, to make the, the healthier choice to pick solid, uh, high quality tested brands. Uh, but we actually do not touch the flower itself. Right. And, and to add to that, uh, we focused on the 510 cartridge, which is universally available, um, and would be in most dispensaries across the U.S. So we, we are going for the 75% of the market here with the universal 510 cartridge and adding the best brands onto our platform. So it's very easy for brands to join the platform. And then once they're on there, consumers are able, are able to identify the cartridge and you know get the, the, the test results and confirm it's the health of the cartridge uh, through, through the app. So we're really, we want to be broad uh, and, mm -hmm. and work nationally, but at the same time, we're, we're vetting uh, these brands to make sure they are best in class. Which is so important because there's so much uh, jibber-jabber uh, in the industry. So, you know, Mark, you guys, what made you guys think that, you know, this is the time to get into a cannabis business in the middle of a pandemic? Um, like, what was that? What was that? What's that road been like for you? Yeah, so it hasn't really, it started before the pandemic. Um, so we, we've been at this uh, for over two years now, again, to three years. Um, and 
we're, we're getting towards mass production now and, and launching the product. So the pen, uh, this has been going on before the pandemic. Uh, like I mentioned, it, it was my injury that initially, initially led me to this idea of, of dosing um, vapor by the milligram. And then of course, uh, um, we came together as co-founders and started working out how this is going to happen. Um, so that, that has been just a, a you know, personal experience leading to uh, the realization of a real need and, and jumping on it. Obviously in the backdrop, the cannabis industry has been growing for a good number of years and it's projected to continuously um, grow at, at a very rapid pace. So as entrepreneurs, we are we're excited about the opportunity. Um, and we're also excited about the value of what our kind of platform can bring to uh, the mainstream cannabis consumer. Yeah, and with uh, with the pandemic, with with sales, just as many people, if not more people, are consuming cannabis, right? <laughs> of course. <laughs> right? Everyone is stressed out. They they have more time at home. They're around family more often. Um, so cannabis has, has become a, a nice natural segue for them to to dealing with with some of their stresses. Um, but then again, it comes back to them maybe over-consuming during this time, uh, which can be uh, intense on the piggy bank and also the mind. And we see this as being a, a crucial product to providing some stability for these people using cannabis for the first time and then those who've been using it for a while. Yeah, and, and to just add one last piece on that, well, well, the opportunity that the pandemic has created for us is we were really focused on uh, the retail distribution element and, and being in all the dispensaries at launch. Mm -hmm. uh, and given the pandemic, that's that's not the most exciting for us anymore. We are now focusing um, as much effort on direct to consumer delivery. Given that we are just a technology, software, and hardware company, we're able to ship our units uh, anywhere in the U.S. So we're we're focusing a lot more of our efforts on on our direct to consumer approach, and we'll be launching a pre-order campaign uh, for the holidays. I think you're going to sell out <laughs> just, just cause, um, you know, I think it's, you know, I, there's been a million and one articles about what, how cannabis has been spiking during this time of the pandemic and, you know, the need for it with regard to, you know, everyone's level of anxiety has gone through the roof and it's, and, and also providing a solution that, you know, as I said, is technology. So you can go wherever it needs to go and it's about, you know, best in class cartridges that can be used with your product to help people get through this navigate this really pretty tough time. Um, yeah. You know, and looking back on what you guys have done so far, like, you know, what would you sort of tell your like 21 year old selves now seeing how many things you've been able to accomplish and build? Ooh. <laughs> uh, for me, it would be to get organized, write everything down. Um, it creates smaller habits to, to constantly be present because it's, it's easy to get caught up and overwhelmed with the, the sheer number of things that, that pop up as a, a startup co-founder. Um, so yeah, that, that would be my main advice. Um, and for me, if, uh, to my 31 year old self, I think the differentiation between a hardware startup and a software startup, um, <laughs> That clarity would have been uh, useful, you know, 
prior to jumping into a numerous IoT platforms and, and hardware projects. So there's there, there's a lot on the hardware side that just requires uh, extensive capital, massive teams of different skilled engineers, um, and the manufacturing of, of all that is it's quite a complex complex undertaking compared to software in certain regards. So um, that, that's definitely an interesting one for us. And uh, for us, it really comes down to building the right teams and you know being very picky with the type of people you have join that team, especially at the, in the early startup phases and making sure they're top of the line and are excited about what, what we're building together. So that, because people who are positive and passionate and excited about the opportunity uh, just end up delivering so much more um, over, over the years at, uh, on the team. Uh, so that's a big one that, that we've learned the hard way about choosing the right team members so that you can execute effectively while everybody stays happy and motivated. Yeah, but I'd like to add one more as well. Uh, Go for it. Make quick decisions and, and spend less time being perfectionistic about every aspect of the product. Uh, because as long as the experience is great and it serves a real purpose, people will love it. So dragging our feet over every minute detail lengthens mm -hmm. the timeline for the people that really need the product most and that's the customers. Uh, absolutely. That's the, don't let the perfect be the enemy of the good. Uh, because you, uh, you just got to sometimes let go for it and you know, you're, you're going to iterate anyway. So you'll, you'll find it, um, yeah, but just yeah. get, get out there. Yeah, exactly. And speaking about teams, like how, how are you guys sort of motivating and keeping the team going during this really wacky and unusual um, circumstances that we're all stuck in? I know you guys are in California, so at least you guys have got beach. But like, how has that been for you guys as, a, as, as co-founders, so making sure the team had what they needed and you know, felt okay during this time? Yeah, sure. Um, so... Uh, we've been, we've worked remotely for a number of years uh, on previous companies uh, and a lot of it um, on this one as well. So as far as the remote setup, everyone is, was quite comfortable uh, from the get-go, working from home and, and you know, checking in on, on video calls and being able to keep things moving forward, um, even though there was the you know, pandemic breakout. Um, Alongside of that, um, it's really the, about the excitement of the product. Uh, I think that's what keeps driving all of us to to put in our all, even though the extern external reality is, is very interesting, to say the least, and obviously a bit stressful for some. Um, we know the cannabis industry is, is continuously to grow at a rapid pace. We know the vapor cartridges are selling in massive numbers. They sell over $100 million a year. And we know from personal usage and our own, um, you know, use of the device, how, how much value we're creating, uh, for the consumer. So we're just excited about what we're able to bring to market. And that really, I know it gets me up every, every day. And I know it gets uh, all the team members up every day to, to work on it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, it, it's certainly been challenging. Uh, and like, as he said, we were used to, to having mostly nomadic. Um, Zoom or Google Meet <laughs> style life, uh, lifestyle, mm -hmm. uh, but the, you know it's it's 
it's been interesting for us because we haven't had to change a lot of our habits. Uh, and it's, it's, Izzy and I actually uh, have an office uh, in Venice where we're in close quarters and it's, we've been kind of stuck in the same space for long periods of time. And that has been challenging, but we, we continue to talk about it and work through it. So really it's, it's come down to solid communication and then understanding that communication has to evolve to, uh, to make situations better. Yeah, I think well, communication is just key for all of this, and uh, letting folks know what they need, and um, and also just for you as founders, I know it's it's wild and crazy, and so um, it's a kudos to you guys, you know, plowing through and and making it happen in the middle of a pandemic. And for you guys, like, what do you guys do for your self care to sort of navigate this stuff for yourselves personally? Because that's something that I think oftentimes. Um, gets put to the wayside, and especially when you're hard charging, you know, building a startup. But for you guys, have have you sort of na- navigated some ways to sort of ha- find your your self care? Yeah. Uh, so I, I've started a number of new habits over the last couple of months, and um, I've found great power in getting up early, not sitting in bed and, and wallowing over thoughts, or you know, just actually hopping out of bed, drinking a glass of water. Avoiding my phone for a little while. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Huge one. Um, cause it's, you know, like allowing myself to wake up slowly and just, and get with it instead of just rushing right into the day. Uh, I journal every morning and then I do either a meditation, yoga, uh, meditation or yoga. And then I go for a, a bicycle ride for about 20 or 30 minutes every morning. And that those patterns really, have helped me uh, approach the rest of my day with more confidence and, and higher energy levels. Yeah, that's great. Um, for myself, uh, like I mentioned, I had this injury with my um, initially my foot and became my whole body. And the pandemic was actually this opportunity for me to really hone in and focus on my healing um, and taking control uh, of my health. So. I remember right in the beginning in April, I just right away saw this as an opportunity for myself where there was a lot less travel and running around meeting people, et cetera. And, and there was, I, I didn't know how long it was going to last, but I, I right away knew that I can use this time to really heal myself and, and take control uh, of my well-being. So that's what I've uh, really focused on. And since then, uh, I've uh, fully been able to heal my my injuries and I'm uh, able to run, which is something I haven't been able to do because of the injuries. So I've really started doing a lot of different health and wellness uh, related activities from, from running on a daily basis, swimming in the ocean a lot, um, and overall setting schedule, setting a schedule for, for health inside of my day to day start a hustle. Um, and to add to that, I will say that getting up early, I, I keep pushing it, trying to push an hour earlier because uh, I find having those early morning hours before the day kicks off to myself and to focus on my, you know, my mind and my body and my emotions gives me everything I need to then go and, and, and take on the day successfully. So those have been things I've done. I've really, like I said, just seen it as an opportunity instead of getting too caught up in the anxiety of, 
of waiting it out. Awesome. And so necessary. And it, it, it's, it's always great to hear how people are sort of finding their way to do this. You know, Stephen, I um, fell into the bike side of the universe as well. And living in New York, um, getting a bike is sort of an insane thing to do because like, you know, traffic. But when New York is a ghost town <laughs> um, and you don't want to take the subway, all of a sudden, you know what? I think I can go with the bike. And I have to say that like, you know, you know, I, now I'm like about t- at least two two times a week. I go for about an hour and a half bike ride, and I just like zoom zoom up the West Side Highway and back. And it yeah. is just the most relaxing thing for me to do, and like disconnect from all the things that the devices, because like you're you you're on a different p- pace entirely. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. yeah, that's great, amazing, cool. Uh, who would have ever thought? Uh, me and a bike. Uh, oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> but, are, you, are you a road biker or? A um, so I I got a high I I have I have a hybrid Cannondale. Okay. Uh, so it's got the fat mountain bike esque tires, um, mm. but it's a nine speed, so um, it can deal with the city's bumps and, and bubbles. Yeah. But then I can like get quick get moving pretty quickly. I can I think I can get up to like fifty miles an hour. Um, if I'm really pushing it. Also, there's hills and on different parts of um, where the parks are here. So you can generate some speed. I didn't even know I was going that fast. Thank you, Strava. That told me I was. Um, but yeah, it's been, it's been, a, it's been a, a new delight and a surprise and uh, been really good for my self-care to, to have that kind of open airness of it all. That's great. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and last, but definitely not least question, and I, I think I know what this answer is going to be, but uh, do you guys have a give and or an ask of the audience? Uh, that is a good question. Um, I don't have a, a physical give, but we can give um, some hope about the canvas industry and the ability for people to start um consuming it in a more conscious way. Uh, we really see that as a, a big thing coming down the line for a lot of people, especially now, you know, post pandemic as people start integrating, hopefully soon back to some level of normal, um, trying to take some of these lessons that we've learned uh, and using ca- then using cannabis as a tool and not a vice. Um, and then just that, you know, 2021 is coming. Um, hopefully things start uh, cleaning up in a way and, and we can get back to um, traveling again and interacting with each other in person. So we're looking forward to that. Steve, do you have anything to add? Uh, so an ask, I would ask the audience to yeah, be more conscious of your, of your relationship with cannabis uh, because it can either be a, a, a powerful supplement for your lifestyle whether it's to create uh, additional you know to boost your creativity or to help you deal with pain um, but in order to use it properly you really have to be conscious um, and then wanting and having that awareness in the beginning will lead to better results throughout the rest of your life that's great um you guys are just like the nicest cannabis entrepreneurs i've ever met <laughs> 
um, and just uh, it's it's interesting. It's just it's just so straightforward. I mean, uh, it's there's so much noise around cannabis and the things that you can do and the products are out there. And it's just so overwhelming. And it's mm-hmm. refreshing to hear from you guys about how you've like taken this really just very much technical strategic approach to building the best possible product to help enable people to have better lives. And as we are navigating this really unprecedented time, you know, getting to the heart of the matter is key. And so I, I applaud everything you guys are doing. I can't wait to see how far this goes. And whenever, and when you guys are officially launched, definitely want to try it out. I may or may not vape. I'm not going to say that on air. <laughs> um, of course I do. Uh, and, but, and, you know, um, come on, now, pandemic. Um, <laughs> but, uh, uh, but yeah, I, I, I'm psyched to see where you guys are going. But thank you guys so much for joining the podcast. Uh, today yeah um and i will finish off by saying we are doing uh a holidays pre-order campaign so we'll be launching that over the coming weeks um, and that will be available for the holidays we will be shipping a a limited number of units um in early next in 2021 so getting on the pre-orders for the holidays will make sure that you get one of the first units and that's on our website uh Cool. So we'll throw all the details in the show notes so folks can uh, find out about the pre-order and uh, get those in um, beforehand so they can try this out, myself included. Um, <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you guys so very much. Um, uh, congratulations on all, your, all you've accomplished, and I can't wait to see how far it goes. Thank you. Thanks, Laura. Great speaking with you. Likewise. And that is our show. <laughs>